0: Testing, 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 testing. Can you
1: hear yourself? hmm <laughs>
0: Hi, welcome back to the Crap My Kids Say podcast, and this week we are following up with our conspiracy uh, podcast that we did, and we are talking about conspiracy theories that we do not believe in. So we talked about the conspiracy theories that we absolutely believed in, and this week we are talking about conspiracy theories that we're just not buying, we're really not into it, and then going into why we don't believe that they're true.
1: Yep, and just uh, one thing, some follow-up from last week. Uh, I just wanted to apologize listening back to the episode and on editing, I was mouth-breathing the whole episode. (laughs) And all I could hear was after I got it all done and posted and listened back to it, in my headphones, all I could hear was me like... (sighs) (laughs) So, apologies. My nose is cleared up now. I breathe through my nose. And we're also trying something a little different with our... uh, recording today we're recording with headphones on so we can hear each other and ourselves to try to uh, check our levels a little bit more in the moment while we're recording so if this sounds better let us know
0: okay so my conspiracy theory that i do not believe in is that the moon landing was faked about five percent of the united states population believes that we faked the moon landing So I feel like I don't really have to go into a lot of detail because everybody knows in 1969, we landed on the moon, Apollo 11, all of that good stuff. So the biggest thing for me about this is that there were 400,000 engineers, technologists, machinists, electricians, I mean, so many people for that many people to keep their mouth shut for this long if it was faked seems impossible how i mean someone would have came forward, forward by now name. and yeah. said hey guess what but not a single person has and to keep 400,000 people quiet yeah. would be near impossible yeah, actually that's impossible. like yeah like <laughs> that the is odds <laughs> yeah not near impossible it is impossible so that's like the biggest thing for me so i'm going to kind of go into some theories uh that are out there uh on why people think that the moon landing was faked and then kind of go into this actual science behind it and all of these theories are easily dispelled which is one of the main reasons why i don't believe in this either is because i mean it with no effort whatsoever right these claims are uh what's the word i'm looking for
1: debunked.
0: debunked. So the first one and I feel like this might be the most popular one is that the moon landing was faked because the American flag looks like it's flapping in, in the, the wind. wind. Yeah. So the biggest thing for this is it's not flapping. Like it's just not. If they would have hung a regular flag on the moon, it would have like slapped. Yeah, like so sh- you wouldn't have been able to see like, oh that's an American flag. You right. wouldn't have it wouldn't have been able to see that. So there is a metal rod in the flag, and then also to add on to that, the astronauts had a hard time extending the metal rod fully. Right. So it's kind of like bent in the middle a little bit and toward the end, which gives it that appearance.
1: Wavy look.
0: Yes. And then also on top of that, when they were planting the flag in the moon, they had to like twist the rod, you know, to get it in there.
1: Right. So
0: that also gives it the moving effect. Illusion
1: of waving when they were right. planting it. Right. right.
0: With that being the rods being extended partially, and then the twisting of the rod gives it the look that it's flapping, flapping. Yeah. but it's not. The second most popular theory, I think, is it was fake because you can't see the stars in the pictures. So in the pictures of the moon landing, of the astronauts on the moon, all of that stuff, you cannot see stars. It's just black sky or black space, I guess I should Abyss. say. Abyss. <laughs> yeah. So if you've ever played with a camera messed around with a camera at all, you know that things can get washed out. So the the reason that there are no stars to be seen, I mean, obviously there are stars, But because they are on the surface of the moon, which is like super bright.
1: And reflective. And
0: reflective. That brightness washes out the brightness of the The stars stars in the sky. So you can't see them because the brightness of the moon is so bright. (laughs) It just washes them right out. And then the next theory is the shadows aren't right. So people are saying that the shadows don't make sense For the direction of where the sun is and where the astronauts are, where their shadows find themselves on the surface of the moon. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Okay,
0: so the reason for that is because the sun is not the only source of illumination for the moon. So... The moon's surface is actually another source of light. The, the surface of the moon is illuminated. So the sunlight is being reflected off of the surface of the moon. And then you have to remember that they have like their Apollo there. And so there's this like light bouncing around up there like crazy. Every which way, yeah. Yeah, so just because the shadows aren't like directly connected with the sun doesn't mean that it's faked. Just because you can't explain something because you don't know the science behind <laughs> it doesn't mean it isn't
1: true. If she floats, she's a witch.
0: <laughs> um, another one is the moon landing is faked because you can't see Neil Armstrong's camera. So, in one of the pictures, you can see his spacesuit, and it looks as if he's hold- supposed to be holding out a camera, taking a selfie, like a moon selfie. But in the reflection of his mask. Right, because he has like a a
1: shield over it, like a reflective shield. Yes, and
0: you can't see like a camera on it, but that's because they had a camera mounted onto him, like actually his suit. So you can't actually see him holding a camera because he's not holding a camera. It's something that's mounted onto his suit. Another one is The Moon Landing is Faked because Stanley Kubrick filmed it.
1: Right, 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 right. right, <laughs> Did right you, have right, you heard right. this one? Yeah, letter? I actually have, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, because, so let's see, 1968, so that'd be the year before the moon landing, he came out with a movie called 2001 In A Space, space Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah, A Space Odyssey. And it was so realistic and so real looking that. I mean, it makes sense that he would film this for NASA, and right. then they would release it as their footage. Like, oh hey, look well, what we well, did! We, yeah. we landed on the moon. Suck it, Russia. Yeah, it. That's one of the theories is that Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, filmed it. I've
1: actually heard on another podcast that there's all kinds of Easter eggs in The Shining. That was Stanley Kubrick's way of
0: admitting to admitting. Filming it to oh.
1: filming, to faking the moon landing. I can't remember 100% all of them off the top of my head, but there is uh, research, the shining Easter egg, moon landing Easter eggs. I'm going
0: to have to do that now because yeah. I'm really curious. <laughs> okay. So one of the other ones is that you can see the astronauts' footprints, right. but you can't see the um, lunar modules, like their tracks or anything. So the explanation for that is that the lunar modules, their weight is very evenly distributed and the astronauts' weight is like all in their boots, you know. So Mm -hmm. that's why there's footprints of the boots, but not like the bigger equipment.
1: Right. Another theory I hear of heard people talk about is that, you know, they say, Well, there's no gravity on the moon.
0: Yeah, there is But there (laughs)
1: there is gravity. There's just not a lot. Of gravity. So you will have some of the effects of gravity enough that where you could see like their footprints, but then their footprints stay there forever. Right. There's enough gravity for them to make a footprint, but not enough gravity for or wind or anything to destroy the footprint.
0: Okay, another one, which I think this is it, by the way. Like, this is definitely (laughs) the explanation for everything that... The moon isn't even real, you guys. The moon is not even real. It is an alien space station used to monitor our planet.
1: It is known. Game <laughs> of Thrones. Is, this is It's backed. a dragon egg.
0: <laughs> so the guy who actually came up with this theory and has now amassed lots and lots of followers <laughs> about this theory, um, he found two photos in the NASA image atlas in 2013, which have been deleted. But um, the evidence that NASA deleted is not just a UFO, but it is 100% evidence that the moon is not real, but actually an alien space station, he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so the the surface of the moon is covered in debris, to hide it, to make it look like the moon.
1: Right. So it's right,
0: covered right, right. with debris, and it looks like a natural, natural celestial body. And, but it opens up like a gate, <laughs> and it allows spaceships to enter in and out. Oh. <laughs> and um, on the dark side of the moon, there's a whole city. Mm, yep. There's a whole alien city on the dark side. He came to this conclusion after he saw a picture of The, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Giordano Bruno Crater.
1: Yeah, that's pretty close. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) A 14-mile-wide crater that lies on the dark side of the moon. And he said that um, he found structures, he's seen structures in the picture, which is uh, NASA kind of laughed it off and said it's something called pareidolia, Mm -hmm. which is where you... See things in nothing. To try to make sense,
1: your brain tries to make sense of what you're seeing. That's why we see the man on the moon.
0: Exactly, there happens
1: to be some perfectly placed craters that we have that our brain says, "Oh, that's the man on the moon." There's a face.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, in the crater on the dark side of the moon, he is now seeing buildings, a city, even though there is nothing. But yeah, then also another person thought that they saw like skyscrapers or um, something like that, something super tall on the dark side of the moon. But there is nothing like that on there. It is all just a trick of your mind, your
1: mind yeah. Kind
0: of like how you see like Jesus on a piece of toast, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: or like a hot Cheeto shaped like something crazy. Uh, Abraham
1: Lincoln's. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So it's all just. Paradolia is what it's called yep. so those are all the theories and they are as you can see very easily dispelled or they're just kind of a joke to begin with like <laughs> someone literally thinks the moon yeah. doesn't exist even though like all the other planets in our solar system has usually more than one, one moon. moon i think yeah. we're the only planet that has one moon
1: what happened to the rest of our moons
0: Maybe we only had one to begin with.
1: Well, why did we only get one moon? Because we
0: suck. That's why. (laughs) But
1: actually, I don't think we could exist (laughs) if we had more. Why? Because we're in the, what do they call it, the Goldilocks zone. Mm -hmm. We have just the right amount of light, just the right amount of gravity, just the right amount of atmosphere. Oh, yeah. If we had another moon, it could throw off our gravity, which would throw off everything else.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, so I... That just doesn't even make sense. Why would every single other planet have moons except for us? Well, why would
1: every other single planet be round but not ours?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Flat
1: Earthers. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Not buying it. Not even for a second. I think it was 100% legit. We totally demolished Russia in the space race. Like, we got to the moon first. We did it. It's 100% legit.
1: Yeah. Alright, that was awesome. So I am going to be talking about the Beale Cypher today. If you want to see some more information on this, you can try to find... There's an episode of Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates. It's pretty good. Anything Josh Gates does is good. Yes. Uh, Destination, Truth, Expedition Unknown. Uh, what was the other one?
0: He does a lot of specials.
1: Yeah, he does a lot of specials too. Okay, so the Beal Cypher... Hidden treasure. Our story begins in April 1817. Thomas Jefferson Beale and 29 other Virginians set out across America to what would probably be modern-day Colorado to hunt buffalo, where they stumble upon a rich mine of silver and gold. They are said to have spent the next 18 months mining and amassed quite a fortune that they needed to move somewhere. They couldn't... They could no longer just store the fort their fortunes in their tents that they had so the leader of the group thomas beale decides that he's going to take all the treasure round it up use some of the treasure to buy horses and mules and take everything that's left after buying the horses and mules back to virginia and hiding it so in january of 1820 beale shows up in lynchburg virginia at the washington hotel and meets innkeeper Robert Morris for the first time. So everybody in, the, they say, everybody in this town, Beale really stuck out to them. And everyone, all the ladies, he was kind of a... Uh,
0: ladies man? He la-
1: was the guy all the guys wanted to be, guy all the girls Gosh, wanted to be yeah. with. But like, it says he never really like interacted with everybody. It was just from his like, looks and swag, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but he made quite an impression on the town. So then that spring, he kind of leaves, disappears from town, and goes back to the mine with his buddies. Works for another eighteen months, and decides that they have to, you know, hide the rest of their fortune mm-hmm. or what more they've dug up. But this time, they decide that they have to do something. Because they have so much now Mm -hmm. that they have to, they've got to hide it good, but they have to have something in place for for some reason, like, Beale's gone, all these other 29 guys are working in the mine, and then the mine collapses. Oh, yeah. They want their next of kin to get the treasure. Right. That Um, makes sense. Yeah. Make total sense. That's the last thing in the story that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, Beale goes back to Lynchburg. Goes back to the Washington Hotel and stays around for a little while. Actually gets to know the innkeeper, Morris, at this time. And then it comes around to springtime again. And Beale says to the innkeeper, hey, I gotta leave, but I'm gonna give you this lockbox. Don't open it. I just need you to hold on to it. There's important letters in here. Important, uh... Documents. Documents. Hold on to this. If I'm not back in 10 years, (laughs) then you can open it. Wow. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to finish the story before I start tearing it apart. Okay. Okay. Time passes. 23 years later, Morris hasn't seen Beale
0: again. Wait, hold on. You said 23 years later? Yeah,
1: 23 years later.
0: Well, okay.
1: So ten years passed and he's like, Yeah, you know, any day now he's gonna come back.
0: Who wouldn't open the box? I'd be I'd have a calendar but counting down the days. Robert Morris,
1: <laughs> innkeeper at the Washington Washington Hotel, is a saint.
0: Okie dokie that. Because he
1: waited twenty-three years before he finally busted open the lockbox. And what he found was a note that told the story of the men and the mine. So, inside of the lockbox was a note from Beale and three pieces of paper filled with numbers. The note from Beale described the story of the 29 men, the mine they found, and that they, you know, have had to come back twice and hide the treasures because banks aren't a thing, I guess.
0: (laughs) What, you, you said this is 18 something? This is...
1: So at the time they find the mine, it's 1817.
0: I would think he that... comes
1: back in 1820-ish to drop off the first load and okay. then
0: so 1800s basically is when this is happening.
1: Yeah, there mid... there has to be banks. I mean, yeah oh yeah, there's on. no there's banks, <laughs> but apparently I, yeah, this is the story. So <laughs> So then the note goes on to tell that the first, Cypher text, the first page of all numbers, Mm -hmm. it says, is the coded instructions on how to find the hidden treasure. The second was the contents of the treasure, and the third was the names of the men and their next of kin. So, Morris tries to decipher these things. He has no clue. He's a simple innkeeper. Can't do (laughs) it. On his deathbed, Morris gives (laughs) this note and... Three pieces of paper to another friend, unnamed friend, looked everywhere, cannot find this third, or, well, his, Beale's friend's friend. Friend of a friend of a friend? (laughs) Who now has it. So he deciphers not the first ciphertext, but the second.
0: Okay, so that's like, what's the point then?
1: And then goes on to print out pamphlets to distribute to try to get help with deciphering the other two. He says, okay, this is the deciphered second ciphertext, which describes what the treasure is.
0: Yeah, not where. Not where,
1: (laughs) or who it belongs to, but what the treasure is. Yeah. So he prints out these pamphlets to uh, try to get... People to solve it, but you know he's also making money off of selling these pamphlets. Oh, he's
0: selling them. Yes. Oh. Yes.
1: So this is what the deciphered text says.
0: For the first one, or for the second
1: one. The second one is to this day is the only one.
0: Okay, that's to be
1: solved. okay solved. Okay, I have deposited in the county of Bedford about four miles from Buford's in an ex. Excavation or vault six feet below the surface of the ground, the following articles, belonging jointly to the parties whose names are given in number three herewith. The first deposit consisted of ten hundred and fourteen pounds of gold and thirty eight hundred and twelve pounds of silver, deposited November 1819. The second was made. The second deposit mm-hmm. was made December 1821 and consisted of 1907 pounds of gold and 1288 of silver. Also, jewels obtained in St. Louis in exchange to save transportation valued at $13,000. Wow.
0: Which would be like astronomical now. Yeah.
1: The above is securely packed in iron pots with iron covers. The vault is roughly lined with stone, and the vessels rest on solid stone and are covered with others. Paper number one describes the exact locality of the vault, so that no difficulty will be had in finding it. Okay. (laughs) So, easiest thing in the world, as long as you can decipher
0: something that's been yeah. undeciphered for so, so long at this point.
1: Yes. So, we're just going to start with this. The second cipher can be decrypted fairly easily using any copy of the United States Declaration of Independence. But some editing for spelling is necessary. To decrypt it, one finds the word corresponding to the number. So, the first number on the page in the ciphertext is 115. So then you'd go to the 115th word of the oh, Declaration yeah. of Independence. Yeah,
0: that seems pretty straightforward. Right.
1: The 115th word is instituted. So then you take the first letter of that word. So it's not a full word. So you go, they give you a number, 115.
0: Right. It's instituted. Count
1: 115 words. Right. It's instituted. You use the first letter of that word.
0: Gotcha. So it's not a word
1: for word. It's right. a word to letter.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense.
1: Right. So, errors in decoding. After word 154, institute, and before word 157, laying, one word must be added, probably an A or a.
0: Right. So, whoever who, so is it whoever did this didn't know how to spell a certain word and so it was like a misspelling or is it just... No, there's just words missing. poorly written cipher.
1: Yeah. There's okay. just words missing from the cipher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got to fill in the blanks a little bit. Okay. So I, there's a whole list. You can go on... I found a lot of this on Wikipedia and then another website that I'll try to leave a link in the description of this on um, to go. It's an article... And you can see all the coding, decoding errors or the... Oh, gotcha. I mean, because there's like... A lot. (laughs) Ten.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. That's not just like one or two. No.
1: There's a lot of errors. And there is errors that are just having to fill in the blanks. And then there's other ones that are... So, what they say is the word consisted... Actually decodes to consicted, C-O-N-S-I-S-T-C-D. Oh. <laughs> so they were actually like uh letter or word off. Oh. It huh. should have been, they said 84, should have been 85. 85 gotcha. would have given them an E instead of a C. If gotcha. it had consisted.
0: So it seems sloppy.
1: Yeah, it's almost. really sloppy. Another one is roused <laughs> instead of thousand,
0: <laughs> reggie,
1: <laughs> ro R- R- reggie, and vault instead of vault. Oh, <laughs> um. So yeah, there's a lot of issues in this Catch uh, in this cipher. <laughs> so then you think the Declaration of Independence so perfectly deciphers this first code. Yeah,
0: perfectly. Perfectly,
1: <laughs> it's gonna work great for the first. And the third codes, right?
0: No. Wrong.
1: It does not. So when you do, well, it seems that it actually might be the key mm-hmm. for the second and third.
0: You mean first and third?
1: The first and third ciphers. But it seems that whoever was writing it got lazy because you'll get like four or five sequences of A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm-hmm. Or a a b b c d c c d d e, where like they were just like throwing. So in... like, there's
0: no like rhyme or reason yeah. to it,
1: right? So they say that the chances of the alphabetical ordered letters recurring multiple times in one cipher text, the American Cryptogram Association says the chances of those sequences appearing multiple times in one ciphertext by chance are less than one in a hundred million million.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's a lot.
1: (laughs) So what they're kind of thinking is that the first ciphertext that's supposed to be how to find the treasure is actually was the person who ever made this their proof of concept that they could go through and use the declaration of independence to write a code uh uh-huh. to make sure all that the letters were there that every letter of the alphabet was used
0: and only right. used
1: so many times in certain places and could be easily identified and started at the beginning of a word
0: you mean the is, second code or are you talking about the, the
1: first? first so they use that as a proof of concept they had to go through first and say in this whole document, there has to be a word that starts with every, so there has to be at least 26 words in a document, right? Right. Because they're using A, B, C, they're using the alphabet, uh-huh. the first letter of a word. So they'd have to have a word that started with A, started with B, C, D. Right. So they have to prove it. So Uh the first cipher is them going through and saying, okay, will the Declaration of Independence work for this cipher? Is there at least one word that starts with every letter of the alphabet? Does that make sense or no? No. Okay.
0: Are you talking about the first, like, number one or the first one they solved?
1: No. Number one. Chronological order. The cipher text that was supposed to say where the treasure was. Okay. Was actually them proofing their concept, uh, making sure that they could use the Declaration of Independence and use the first letter of words in the Declaration of Independence to write a full code. Okay. Because for this code, they'd have to have a word that starts with X.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. I kind of, yeah, I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So that might've been just what they were doing. They're like, uh, can we make this work? Because that's the only way that it makes sense to have these like multiple times A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Come up multiple times. They're like proofing, okay, yes, I can do it this way, it works. I can do it this way, it works.
0: Right. Gotcha.
1: So another issue that they have with the decoded text, first off, the decoded text, some words don't work with the cipher. Right. You can't use the key for the second cipher on the first or third pages.
0: Right, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. sense.
1: Why would you have... Well, first of all, why would you have three separate ciphertexts with at least two keys? Because the Declaration of Independence is the key for the second ciphertext. Right. It doesn't work for the first and third, so there has to be at least one more key, but no one's ever come up with it. And they've tried the Bible... Uh, But a bunch of different texts that were around in that time.
0: Yeah. Nothing
1: works for a key.
0: And it seems like if the second one was pretty easy to decipher, that the other ones should have been... Followed. Right. Pretty simple to decipher, too, because it doesn't make sense for them to make one, like, oh, super easy, and then the other two really hard. Right.
1: So this is where the theory that uh, the friend of the friend... Mm-hmm. Was trying to make some little cash on the side, because remember he's selling these panth- pamphlets.
0: Yeah, yeah, that and right there. And the decoded <laughs> pamphlet
1: says what what the booty is.
0: Right, like, hey but, guys, look at this. So
1: if you <laughs> decipher this first one,
0: yeah, <laughs> you get
1: you can find where all this money is. But you know he has not he has nothing, and then starts selling these things at a penny a pop. In 1845, whatever it is, right? He's making some cash.
0: Yeah, he's breaking the bank for sure. Yes,
1: exactly. So another issue with the decoded text is that a lot of the language that he uses wasn't around in that time. Like it wasn't language that was common, commonly used until 23 years later or so.
0: Gotcha. So kind of like changed with the times. Well,
1: no, that it was written with language that wasn't used at the time.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like the code kind of changed with with time.
1: The Actually, even not just the words, but the punctuation and uh, conjunctives of the mm. words were not to 18- early 1800s it was to mid to late 1800s oh so they were using language that wasn't popular for another 40 years. not eh, maybe not 40 30 years gotcha also the letter itself describing what these three ciphertexts are about used language that wasn't in common that wasn't commonly used In the early 1800s. So the only thing that they've really found with the third cipher that says the next of kin... Did I even say what the third cipher was? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. So besides the fact that it does not, using the key, code out to 29 names. Uh Uh-huh. 29 names and 29 next of kin.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: It's too short.
0: Way, way, way too short. Like
1: there isn't even enough characters to list 29 Oh, wow. Oh, well, 29 times two, because it's each man and his next of kin besides Beale. Wow. And so that would, you figure, I mean, what's a common name length? Four letters? Just say. I'd say like four four to to five.
0: five, Four to six. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it wouldn't be enough but to describe like maybe 10 people. And that's it. And that's it. So either 10 of the original owners or ten next of kin, or five and five.
0: So the numbers and the odds, they don't, and it's yeah. not making sense. It
1: doesn't make sense. Uh, an issue with Robert Morris in the story.
0: The saint who didn't open. The, yes, yeah. precisely.
1: <laughs> the story tells that Beale went to the Washington Hotel and met Robert Morris for the first time in 1820, Uh huh. but the actual records of the Washington Hotel say he didn't start until eight, at least 1823. So he could have been there for the second right. rendezvous. Yeah. Where he then gets the locks lockbox. But there's but no the record first. of them work him working there or being the innkeeper or anything. Huh. At the time of his first trip to the Washington Hotel.
0: And why would it be a secretive thing if they hadn't even met each other yet and this thing hadn't yeah. given like if you were trying to be secretive, like maybe if he came back the second time? And they were trying to like play it on the DL, right, you know, right, right, then right. that would make a little bit more sense why it wouldn't be in the books. Mm-hmm. Like nothing would be on record. But for the first time yeah. they've like never met. This thing isn't even in motion yet. For them to like keep it off the books wouldn't make any sense.
1: Right. So there's the issues with the the ciphertext and the note that was in the lockbox. Another issue. Thomas Beale even existing. <laughs> uh, so the U.S. Census records in 1810 shows two persons named Thomas Beale in Connecticut and New Hampshire. So there's only two around this time. But there isn't a full complete census record because they're missing for... Uh, Seven states and one territory. So, so I
0: mean, it could he potentially could, he, he
1: slipped through the cracks if he yeah. did exist. He happened to live in one of the states that wasn't on record that they're that they don't have the uh, the census record for the year. Yeah, that around what he would actually show up on a census. Right. Some issues with that, other than they're missing some information, is that back in the day when they took a census, they only wrote down who was the head of household or who the main tenants of a house were. So if he was, like, crashing in somebody's guest room, he wouldn't be on the census.
0: Right, that It makes would sense. only
1: be, like, whoever's he was staying with, that person in their family.
0: Right, that makes sense.
1: So there is a record in the 1820 U.S. Census of two persons of with the name Thomas Beale. No, middle, initial given. There is... Uh, Captain Thomas Beale of the Battle of New Orleans. So he was originally from Louisiana, fought in the Battle of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And he was actually close to Bedford County, which is mentioned in...
0: Yeah, in the cipher. In
1: the cipher. Or not in the cipher. Yeah, in the cipher. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little maybe. And you remember another thing, so I'm kind of disproving some of my own theories, but I want to give all the facts out there. Right. There is a record of a Thomas Beale Beal, but it's spelled differently. It's not B-E-A-L-E. It's uh-huh. B-E-A-L-L. And he appears on a customer list of a St. Louis Post Department. In the deciphered text, he said he stopped in St. Louis. St. Louis, Louis right. Um, and got some jewels or something there. Yeah. So, you know, kind of disproving my own theories, but presenting all the information that's out there. Right. And there is... Actually, Cheyenne legends about gold and silver um, being taken from the what would become today modern-day Colorado. Right. So there actually could have been a mine out there that was quite wealthy. Right. So that's kind of what the information is. For me, it just doesn't hold water that you would, A, take the time to make three ciphertexts. texts. Yeah. When one could have done. Right. And then also using at least two different keys.
0: Yeah, that's kind of weird. At least.
1: Could be three keys. There could be each ciphertext has its own key. Yeah. And I'm sorry if this comes through. Our dog is being obnoxious tonight. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are gone, so she's all loopy. (laughs) So, you know, that just doesn't make sense to me. And the other part that really sticks out to me is the language used in the note and the decoded text not being popular in that time. I've um, read into a lot of this, looked into this language usage, and it's like pretty solid science.
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen, we've watched a couple things where they've talked about it, and it's really interesting. Yeah, it's
1: really interesting, and it's really solid. Like, if they say this wasn't a commonly used word at this time, it wasn't. Like, we're... (laughs)
0: Those are facts.
1: Yeah, and or even they can cut it down to territory, too.
0: I've heard that there's, like, a dialect, right? Right. Right.
1: And a lot of this language wasn't commonly used at this time in any region.
0: Gotcha. That's weird. Yeah.
1: So that really sticks out to me. The whole, I think the whole thing is just the (laughs) homeboy scam.
0: Yeah, that could be. And you know, maybe the first part of it could be true. Like maybe Thomas Beale did exist and maybe he did find this treasure and maybe he was spouting it off to an innkeeper. But after that, I think that maybe that's as much as could be true, right? And the rest of it is just kind of like, huh? How can we make some money with very right. little, a little effort, <laughs> but turn
1: some quick money?
0: Yeah. Um. Like, so... hey, I knew this guy one time. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: I knew this one guy. <laughs> hey, you know what? I decoded this. You buy this for a penny, and you could be a millionaire.
0: You could be. It's like the first multi-level money Yeah, scheme. it is. For oh, real. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> you get in it on the ground floor. <laughs> Um, so there was some claims that this was actually um, a Poe story. Like Edgar Allan Poe uh-huh. actually like made this whole thing up. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> That's not or, really his thing. His yeah, thing is more like death, death, black, death, sad.
1: Right, it is. But um, it said that he could have actually wrote the pamphlet. To kind of, because he had money problems.
0: Oh, so, so maybe he could have been the friend rock. of a
1: friend in that the story.
0: Could be, yeah, maybe. Can't rule it out. I guess.
1: Yeah, there's not any solid evidence for or against it. It's just something that came up really common as I was researching this. Gotcha. Um. So I thought I'd throw that in there. So there has been many attempts to try to find the treasure, just based off of the deciphered part hmm Of the second ciphertext, which is still kind of a really big area.
0: It's really vague. Yeah, so it's... I mean, like, it does give you an area, but, like, beyond, beyond that, it's not much.
1: County of Bedford, about four mile from Buford's.
0: Which, I mean, that could be...
1: It's believed to be <laughs> a tavern, uh, Buford's tavern.
0: Oh, God.
1: But it could be Buford's house. Right. Uh, It could have been a mine. They named, like, one person owned a town and named everything in the town after themselves.
0: (laughs) So that doesn't narrow it down at
1: all. (laughs) So, I mean, it could be anywhere in the county of Bedford, Virginia. And and no one's found anything, like, even close to.
0: And it seems like, I mean, I know there are tons of treasures that go uh, undiscovered all the time. But that seems like a huge amount of treasure to go missing for that long. If it was in that, you know, kind of a secluded or, what's the word I'm looking for? If it was in that, like, area, it's kind of a smaller area. It's not like, it's in the country of Asia, you know, you're saying it's in a county. It seems like maybe it would have been found in 200 some odd years.
1: Yeah. It would be worth $60 million today if it Dang. was found. Wow. And it hasn't been found. so.
0: <laughs> yeah. I. Yeah, I think maybe at most the first part could potentially be true. But yeah. then beyond that, the whole cipher and all of that is just a money-making scheme. <laughs> right.
1: And, you know, it, it seems really convenient to me that, okay, so, yeah, there isn't a lot of information on Beale. But it's kind of like, oh, he was a patriot. His name is Thomas Jefferson Beale. Right. There is no records of a Thomas J. Beale at all. Right. But then they're like, oh, Thomas Jefferson Beale. Let's try using the Declaration of Independence. Oh,
0: and it yeah. happens to work. Huh.
1: So that's that's fishy to me. Um, and there's no records. Which, what little records they, there are of Beale in the story says nothing about him being... You know, a huge patriot or anything like that.
0: Uh, Yeah, there's nothing really specific about him. Right.
1: Um, So that's all I really have today. Uh, Any follow-up or anything from you?
0: I don't think so. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Just not buying it.
1: Uh, And like I said, you know, I love everything Josh Gates does. And I can almost, like, he can convince me. Like he, some of the crazy stuff he covers, he can convince me that maybe that's real. This one, I was like the whole time, just I couldn't, I couldn't buy into it.
0: Didn't someone on the show say that they didn't think it existed on the show? Yeah, he, he said, well, I don't think it exists at all.
1: Yeah, and then it was even uh, in the show. So this isn't any official research. This is from a TV show. It's a really good TV show, and it. I don't think the producers or the host make anything up for the show. Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think sometimes the people they have on the show are maybe a little...
0: Yeah, a little... uh, Easily
1: led, like they didn't make it up, but someone else did, and they believed it, or maybe someone did make something up intentionally. But in the TV show, it says that there's a very specific copy of the Declaration of Independence that the top of it has been cut... Are torn oh, yeah, and, it and it's supposed to the, match up with a yeah. mountain range in Virginia, yeah, and lead you towards the treasure. So they that. actually find, a, in the show, they actually find a mountain range and a section of a mountain range that matches really good with the cutout on the top of the paper, yeah, and search and don't find nothing.
0: Yeah, it's just so weird. But yeah.
1: So that's all we got for today. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at cmkspod at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook page. We have, um, I'm trying to post on there more, trying to drum up some ideas for future episodes. If you could, uh, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, uh, that'd be great. And also subscribe on iTunes or any other, I don't, know exactly how google play or stitcher work i know we're on there i don't know how they work i don't even really know how apple works with the podcast so much (laughs) but if you could if you have an iphone or uh, ipad or anything if you could subscribe to our podcast rate and review that would be great helps us out a lot definitely Uh, all right guys thank you (laughs) that is uh there's all what the was i trying to say